and welcome to series two of the Learning and Development Challenges podcast. Adam here as your guide. In this series, we're looking at how to better engage frontline or deskless workers with learning. And today we're talking with Ed Gallia, Head of Learning and Development at Leonardo Hotels. Ed is a learning thought leader, regular conference speaker and awards host, contributing to learning publications in the area of online and blended learning and communication technology and guest service. He is also a publisher of award-winning online learning and regularly part of the team for new hotel openings and rebrands, as well as food and beverage operations. And for all those reasons, we're very excited to have him join us today. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Cool. So let's start with my favorite question to kick off with, which is always the context piece. So can you just walk us through a little bit about, you know, who Leonardo Hotels are and what your responsibilities are there? So Leonardo Hotels are responsible for about 270 hotels across Europe and Israel. And I head up the learning and development team, which is part of HR for the 53 in the UK. And it's quite a diverse portfolio of hotels from our limited edition collection, which is sort of five star, and then our Leonardo Royal and Leonardo Hotels. And we have a great brand as well called Nix, which is our lifestyle hotel brand. So lots of diverse brands for the guests who stay with us. But that also means that we have a great mix of team members that work for us. People are attracted to both the role, but where that role is, so that the brand that they'll be working for. And in terms of L&D, it's an amazing role in Leonardo Hotels. L&D really is cultural. It's not just written down that, you know, it's got to be cultural. It, it does spread into every facet of the business. And that makes my role a challenge, but really enjoyable. And I head up a, a great team that works with the hotel operations from everything from frontline skills and knowledge to hotel openings, pipeline development and executive development. So a really broad mix of some things to look out for in the role within the organization. Yeah, quite a mix of challenges there, because I imagine the kind of your frontline onboarding training is going to be very different to your exact level and you're covering that full spectrum. Yeah, and everything in between. We're always looking for different approaches to challenges that have been around for a long time, also looking at what the organization wants, uh, the operation, the leaders in the operation, but also the people that are, are working for us. It's really important for us to, you know, for everyone in learning to keep the learner in mind. So we know what we want to get over to the team, but it's often how you're doing it that makes it most effective. Brilliant, which leads me really nicely onto our next question, actually. It's almost like we planned this. What is your current approach to learning for frontline staff? And I want to focus on frontline because that's the purpose of this series. So what what are you doing right now? I suppose it's a word that's been around forever, but it's a blended approach. And some of that's cultural. I think also it's because of the people that work for us. If it was all remote and all online, I don't think our guys would get as much out of their total learning experience while at work. So we still deliver face-to-face. We have a great LMS and LXP product where we host a lot of our learning. And we also have an employee communication product as well that if they want to, they can carry around in their own device. And for us, that's really key because believe it or not, as companies grow and you add systems and take away systems, 
there's lots of things going on, but this handheld product that we have, it really is, especially at Frontline, the only way to contact every single person in the business. So if you don't have that Microsoft email address, you're not on Teams, you're not on Outlook, but this mobile product that we have really helps us get in touch with everybody. And again, that comes back to the whole learning because you can have great products, great intentions, but if you can't get to the people that need it in an effective way, there's no point. It's still just, it's just a great product, but no one's using it. So a bit of everything really from face to different tech and devices. I guess you could build the most beautiful piece of learning. And if no one uses it, it's a complete waste of everybody's time and money. <laughs> that, that, that's it. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure we've all fallen foul of that at some point. You know, either taken so long to develop something that it's no longer relevant, or it, it's so great, but it's too expensive to roll out our people to access. So it, it really is all about um, usability. And, and that's right at the start of when we have a task. I often think L&D is a little bit, bring us a problem you want us to help you solve. And right away, it's, who is it for and how are they going to access that learning? Yeah, brilliant. And so does this take an app form, this communication tool? Is it an app they download? Is it text message? What's the output? Yeah, so we work with a company called Beekeeper. And I suppose the best way to describe it would be a little Facebook and a little WhatsApp all wrapped up into a, a personalized, a branded app. And the guys can download it from the App Store and put it on their own device. They can also use it through the web browser on their phone or a web browser, you know, anywhere else. So the idea is that we're not compelling people to download things onto their own device. This isn't really a problem for us, but some people, they will use it on their own device, but they'll use it through the browser rather than an app. I suppose there's a little bit of workplace psychology going on there, whether you want an employer app on your personal device, maybe. But engagement is really high with it. So for me, it doesn't really matter how they get in in contact with, you know, with the product myself. But I guess that's part of the job, isn't it? And that's something you've got to think about is how do you cater for everyone's preferences for accessing a piece of technology? So, you know, and making sure that there's an app and there's a web browser or there's good mobile browsing options as well is, is part of that. Yeah, probably more than 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when we first started out with our sort of fledgling LMS, one of the first things that we decided that we would, within the budget, provide each hotel with a number of tablet devices that could be around the front line. So if you're office-based or in a hotel reception-based, there's often a, a PC around that you could use. But if you're in the restaurant, the bar, conferencing, there will be technology in the office, but not in the operation of those areas of the hotels. So one of the things to reduce barriers was place these tablets in the hotel that the team can use on duty, so within the workplace, or uh, take them away to use them. So in terms of do you have a device that you want to access content on, we can provide that in it, not individually, but in a shared space, you know, within the hotel. And they were quite basic tablets back in the day, but we upgrade those and they're really effective. Again, just to make sure that almost by mistake, you're excluding a group of people. And that is, you're mostly then delivering your digital learning via those via those mediums, obviously. And that all goes through the LMS, through the LXP. And is that a mix of mandated and kind of optional training as well? Yeah. So we're in a bit of a, a transition. Everyone has access to the LMS, and that really is at the heart of all the learning. It keeps our learning records. It, it, it stores the content. Um, we, we can upload lots of content rather than just e- e- e-learning and everyone can access that. And yeah. we started to use an LXP for people on 
pipeline development programs because it, it's more of a 360 interactive product, as everyone will be aware, rather than an LMS. But the, the key has been how we've been able to link the Beekeeper product to the LMS. So we can push out learning to people and they can complete it on the Beekeeper app, but the record's being kept in the LMS oh, as well. very clever. So we, the idea isn't really to you know split the training records, but the other boom for us is that we have a document library, which sounds really dry on the Beekeeper, <laughs> but there we can put movies, checklists, lots of different content that people can be carrying around basically in the pocket and access it when they need it or the guest needs it or when a piece of time has been scheduled where they might complete a piece of learning. Got you. So that's very much like learning at the point of need you're talking about there, isn't it? And, you know, the humble checklist should not be underestimated as a really powerful as a really powerful tool in terms of someone is going to do something that they haven't done for a few weeks or a month, being able to have access to something yeah. as simple as that on their phone in the moment, say, right, I've done A, B, C, D, E, F, G, sorted, is, yeah, is really empowering. And, and it works. Probably you think of a checklist maybe for a new hire learning initially that skill and knowledge. But as you say, someone who hasn't done something for a while, or there's a little bit of a, you know, a medium technical risk. You don't want to waste something or break something. So yeah. you are just going through that checklist. One of the things that we did recently was um, to really basically drive those core standards. Ho I think hotels is the most transparent business out there. Everyone's probably scored a hotel on booking.com or something like that. You've been that hotel inspector for us. And those scores really matter. So the technical delivery and the guest experience, how the guest feels is really key. And that initial setup for the team can be through a checklist. So we have, within the business, we have a range of posters and they're in key points in the hotel for the team to have a look at. But a key change for us was it's the key touch points on the poster, but then there's a QR code within the poster or within a document the team are using and they can scan that with the phone and it takes them into the relevant part of the document library within the Beekeeper app. I think if anything, you know, hospitality suffered tremendously in the pandemic but everybody learned how to use a QR code. So yeah. there's no fear with a QR code now. So they can scan that QR code. It'll give them a checklist that they can use. And also one of the great things that really shows how energetic people can be, especially about sort of peer-to-peer -peer learning. We have loads of mini movies made by team members with team members in to show you how to complete a particular task. So there might be a checklist, and then alongside that, a little film that somebody's made. So it might be servicing a coffee machine, closing the coffee machine down at the end of a shift. So you've got the checklist, but if you're unsure of some, something, you can, you can scan the, the QR code on the side of the machine or on the checklist. And probably one of your colleagues that you might recognize has made that film. They're showing you the best practice. And that's a really great way to create content really quickly doesn't have to be over overly edited, passed through a couple of people are going to sort of sense check it for quality and everything being as it should. But then it's up there and it's being used right away. So that's been a really great boon for us. That's brilliant. I absolutely love that combining of the physical and digital in that way and using the QR code yeah. as the, the bridge between the two. Because like you say, you, you just you think about how time pressed everybody in the service industry is and they're closing down a coffee machine, I don't know, one in the morning on the after a busy Saturday shift and 
they can't quite remember the things to do. So do they then spend 10 minutes looking through the library to try and get to the right thing? Do they then mm. read the checklist, but they don't fully understand all the different terminology used? No QR code, checklist, video to support them, and they've got everything they need in their very immediate environment, and they've got access to it in you know under 10 seconds. Yeah, it's just spot on. And it, you are right, it's that mix of sometimes paper and then technology. One of the things that chatting to how people access our content, everything you can say, you know, everything's on the LMS, go to the LMS, but often they just need a little bit of a lead or a prompt to get them into the LMS. And as the LMS has matured, it it is just full of content. You know, we'll call it every now and again, but it's all relevant. So for a QR code that will take you right to the point you need, and then you might explore out from that point within the LMS. It gives them that little push to access learning and content that is there. But just saying that it's in the LMS doesn't always get them over that first barrier of accessing you know, the LMS. So yeah, the blend again is really important. I love it as well because you're solving an immediate need and the answer is in the LMS and you're making it easy to get into. And then like it's a jumping off point, isn't it? And again, also you've got these nudges yeah. all around the building. If these QR codes exist in multiple places, that's or every single one of those is an access point into learning for, for your staff. Yeah. And the, the quality of those signposts, whether it's a brand, whether it's the finish of the, the poster product, we work really hard on that. Basically to demonstrate that the company really value, values the learning and yeah. it's good quality learning. It's all about sort of a, a sense of what's going to happen um, to them while at work you know most people are at work for the role that the, the remuneration colleagues um, it's not a hotel school that, that we're running but people i find you know really do like to top up their knowledge if it's really accessible and it looks like it's going to be good before they, they you know they even experience the learning you're leading them down a quality pathway yeah that's really interesting this podcast is brought to you by assemble you the audio learning experts Adam here, co-founder of AssembleU. We launched AssembleU in 2022 after finding we were doing a lot of our own personal development using podcasts and audiobooks. We loved audio as a format and wanted to combine the convenience of listening to something with outcome-driven learning that had a real impact. The result is a power skills library of more than 130 succinct audio lessons that do the heavy lifting for the listener. AssembleU Lessons help coach listeners through critical topics like leadership, mental health, well-being, productivity, growth, sustainability, and communication. Each Assemble You audio lesson is around 10 minutes long and backed by research and real-life expertise. Every lesson includes a key point infographic, a further reading list, and testing. Listen to some free samples or find out more about how Assemble You can support your organisation to build an internal podcast for learning by visiting assembleu.com. So what is your, what's that split of in-person versus digital? Because it sounds like you've got loads of digital going on, which is brilliant in a frontline environment. I don't know if you're able to estimate a percentage or whatever. I'm intrigued as to how much do you think is going on yeah. face-to-face versus, versus, yeah, in the LMS. I would say a 60-40 split. And the 60 being LMS online driven, basically because of the absolute breadth of the content. And it's often quite small um, bites of learning, but how frequently and how many people 
would access that learning. So on an LMS level, you've got 100% of the workforce able and often doing so, um, accessing that content. Where the 40% um, is face-to-face in a room or a learning environment, either in your own hotel or office, or you may have traveled and the people tapping into that, they're often on a development program, but we also deliver face-to-face for frontline team members as well. So part of their welcome and orientation would be still conducted face-to-face, blended again with LMS content. And part of that induction and skills and guest care would also be our guest care program. And right from the concept of that, it was heavily 80% of that content was face-to-face with 20% backed up on the LMS. And again, through the beekeeper product that we have, we have an internal mascot called Leo and he's a bear. And you would see Leo the bear around the hotel a lot in employee areas. And post the workshop, there's a, it's a three-hour interactive guest care workshop. We bespoke for us that the L&D team wrote the, wrote the product. And it's all around a six-by-six-foot sort of floor mat. And everybody sort of gets involved within three hours. But after the, the workshop, Leo Bear sends you a number of sort of WhatsApp chat messages with little quizzes in them to your beekeeper app, just to see what you've learned, gauge your opinion, and also ask what you're doing with the learning or suggesting you should do something with the learning. So post formal learning prompts to take it into the workplace. So again, something that really was face-to-face designed has a little bit of the, the tech in there. And that's great for the continuation of the learning. Yeah, and, and to how it reduce that natural kind of tendency to forget over time by just reintroducing various key points, I guess. And is, yeah. is it interactive, Ed? So can people, are they asked a question and then are they texting back or selecting something or is it just a, like gentle reminders? What's the format? The product, if you like, is called a campaign. So you can just send a text message or you can send a quiz or you can send a poll and your answers or feedback are then sent back to leo and you will be amazed sometimes i'm sure everybody knows it's automated once once it's set up but within the data that you get back you'll get people just sort of chatting back to leo there which i find fascinating as if he's opening that chat message at the other end it's a bit of fun i think it shows energy for the brand and things like our mascots that we use but again it's a two-way conversation so we are suggesting things but also prompting someone to answer a question or give feedback on the way something has gone, you know, so re- really useful as a function within the product. Yeah. Brilliant. No, that's, that's fantastic. So we've already co- talked about a couple of things that's working. My next question is about what's working. So heard about the QR codes, heard about the chat prompts, which I think are brilliant. Anything else that has landed really well with staff that they've, you know, that people have particularly got on board with in, in recent years? Coming out of the pandemic, we were looking at efficiency and the way that we could use the tech that we had, because we used a lot of tech to keep everybody together when everybody was at home and on furlough. I must stop talking about 
pandemic at some point but <laughs> no, but what- the thing is it was so, like i mean and i you know we can't avoid it because it was such a inflection point for certain industries yeah. and hospitality being one of them that it's been a catalyst of change for so many different businesses that i think it's super important that we mention it because it's yeah it's changed the way we all do stuff so it's yeah we don't yeah. worry about mentioning it. <laughs> I, I i would absolutely agree and it supercharged the way that we use video Okay. Cool. Because we actually launched our beekeeper product on the weekend that lockdown officially started. Oh wow. We were we were always going to do it, but the date clashed and there was fifty percent of you, probably sixty percent saying, Well, there you go, never mind. We'll do it later. But we launched it despite everything, despite the best advice. And it was a great way that everyone stuck together. And we would push out content and people could talk back to us at the center of the business as well. But within that, we started to develop video and recordings and that sort of thing. So it really challenged the way we were delivering learning because it was basically all 100% remote. So whether it was communication or learning. So that has driven things that we've done. And one of the things, we have a monthly product called Learning Bites. And this is linked back to your welcoming orientation and induction, where you would complete all that statutory learning that we all have to do, whatever sector that we're in. And then we would do regular refreshes on that statutory training. So learning bites are a mix of those refreshes, but also seasonal learning that you might want to um, push out to the guys. So we um, do a little video cast where one of our colleagues hosts a session, a little newsreader-like um, Very cool. with the screen behind. Uh, and are these recorded they, in the hotels, by the way, or is that you, you oh, using yeah, the studio? Absolutely. Yeah, just yeah, so no, natural backdrop. Um, yeah. Yeah, recorded in the hotels and they introduced the session, adding any new content that's relevant for the refresher. And if things have changed, you know, if legislation has changed. And then after this sort of input of information, there's then a quiz then that is rooted back into the LMS. And that goes out into one of our, what we call the mainstream on the Beekeeper product. So individuals would click on that once a month and sort of listen to the video cast and then complete the learning. And that works reasonably well. I suppose it always comes back to the individual's motivation with very little prompting to complete learning at work. And it's that mix of how much do you have to schedule at work learning and how much is it just going to happen because the individual is a self-learner or wants to learn from the content. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. So let's talk about some of the barriers because I always think some of the best learning points, and I'm sure as someone in the industry for many years, you agree, some of the best points of learning are, you know, overcoming challenges. What have you come up against in terms of engaging frontline staff? And yeah, if you've got any solutions, then great as well. But but yeah, any barriers that spring to mind? This is for everyone, I, I would say, but in frontline particular, frontline team members are very guest focused. They are there to interact with the guest and make the guest stay as easy and pleasurable as possible. So the challenge is always guest versus my learning and people tend to sort of sacrifice their learning for the guest and the guest the end user is right in front of them you know at reception at the bar in the lounge in the lobby that assumption that people one will want to learn and i think people we're lucky that our teams do want to learn at work but it's finding the time and prioritizing themselves over the delivery of, of their job role. That's really tough. If you just push that without any support, you do just get a, a long list of excuses. So it, it's 
engaging with the frontline team member, their supervisor and their manager to help with scheduling. So within work time, the people that learn the best, that are in the best mindset for learning, are where the manager is helping them with 30 minutes or an hour where they're going to get the tablet or use their own device to do a piece of learning. Other than saying this week, if you can get this done, you know, that'll be great because the end of the week suddenly is here and the learning's not achieved. So I think really our biggest challenge always is scheduling and prioritization and how you work around that. And our best successes of when you're working with the learner's manager or supervisor, because they are doing the scheduling, that they are doing the yeah. roster. So working with the learner is fine. Often, if that learner is more experienced, they're better at it. But particularly around induction and the modules that you have to do around induction, saying that you've got three months to complete X amount of learning, that can actually be a real pressure for someone if they're trying to find work time to be able to do that. So the problem and the solution is very much supervisor and manager led. And I suppose the accepted hurdle within hospitality is turnover within different departments. Of course, yeah. And that's always going to be, there's loads of people that have benefited from part-time work that are in different sectors now when they were studying or when they were just starting out, who, you know, might have worked in a hotel or restaurant or a bar for, you know, summer work, six months when they were going through university. So it's almost like the sector has turnover built into it. I think learning can help reduce some of that turnover. I don't think L&D learning stops you leaving an organization, but I do think good quality learning in the workplace stops you looking. Once you're looking for something different, but I do think learning can really stop you looking, stop you having that itchy feet because you're satisfied on lots of levels. And one of them is sort of that mental challenge or maybe progression and you can see progression and career development from your current role, doing that really well and what's next. And that stops you looking in a sector where there's so much choice. But once you start looking, there's probably lots of appealing things out there. If for no other reason than it's new, so people are going to try something new. So there is a part for L&D to try and stabilize some of that turnover. But frontline learning, it does have to be nice and tight and succinct so that everyone gets to 100% productivity and 100% quality as quickly as possible, rather than taking too long to do it. Else, somebody could have joined the business and left the business, and they actually were never performing to the best they could be, because they never got that training, that learning completed. Yeah, big time. And I get, you know, it's uh, hospitality jobs. Yeah, for a lot of people, like you say, by their very nature, it's quite transient seasonal as well, I guess, as well. Also, I don't know how much seasonality you have in the business, but in I know in some places it's, in, it's incredibly seasonal. So I guess good learning and development keeps people coming back year after year if they're sort of they're doing other things out of season as well. Yeah. And I love that concept of if you've had a company that's invested in you heavily and, you know, structured learning, great onboarding and pathways. And then, you know, there's you understand that there's other career opportunities available in that business because let's be honest yes hotels employ a big frontline workforce but there's like hundreds of other jobs yeah. as well aren't there and yeah. so i guess part of the role is pulling people out the front line into other roles and identifying and retaining your best people for those other jobs also yeah and if you're looking for those other roles and sometimes they are senior roles within the operation or in heart of house roles if you've come from operations whether you're moving to finance or sales or revenue if you've got some operational experience it just makes everything a little bit more relevant and everything joined up much more to have the you know 
a qualified person in finance or revenue is great. But if they've also had the hotel experience, they can really make sure that what they're doing is fit for the operation as well. And they also can have that empathy with operational challenges when things aren't so smooth. So yeah, internal progression is a really key part of what we do. And it's almost what a majority of the team wanted. We survey employees every year, twice a year. And one of the things that has come back is, you know, I really like my manager talking about what's next. What's the career opportunity? I might not take up the opportunity, but to know that there's something out there and what's the pathway and how easy is it to access that pathway. And when we see people moving through the business that started in the front line and then have progressed to different roles, the L&D team really find that heartening to see that face come around again the following year and, and, they've, and they've moved into the next position that, that works for them. Because there's always choice, I would say that that's the best thing. 24-7, 365, that there's just so much choice, variety, something for everyone, you know, in hotels. Yeah, brilliant. Very cool. So my next question was on technology, but we've I think we've pretty much covered that. So you've got devices provided at the kind of in the operational areas. So, you know, tablets, you've got the option to for people to use their own device and to download an app or to access on mobile and desktop. Am I missing anything in terms of frontline in particular that anything else that you do? No, they're probably the two things that we would use. And there's no pressure on bring your own device. And if it is a bring your own device, it's generally, you know, a handheld rather than a laptop or um, yeah. your own tablet and that sort of thing. But no, they're the things and it just makes, whether it's the LMS, whether it's the beekeeper app, just more accessible to everybody. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it? And like, like you say, you can't like force people to use their own to use their own devices if they don't want to. But as long as you're providing multiple options, because, you know, let's be honest, for a lot of people using your own device, it's just a lot more convenient because it's the device you're on all the time anyway, and everything's all in one place. And then for some, that just won't work. So you've got other, other options for them. Yeah. I think one of the things that I sometimes overlook because of the environment that we're working in the hotels, we have great Wi-Fi. Yes you know, want good quality, free Wi-Fi. And I can attest to that. That's, uh, that's 100% <laughs> that, that's really what I look critical. for every time I go for hotels. Yeah. Like how good's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, absolutely really critical. But the team can also use that Wi-Fi. So it might be your own device, but you're connecting to the hotel's Wi-Fi. So that there's no barrier for you to doing that. So, you know, if people do still have a bundle or something like that, it really is just the device and the battery rather than anything that's going to cost you to, to engage in learning. You know, learning is in paid work time and it isn't a, a personal cost to the, the learner either. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I really like that, you know, working with the managers to schedule in the time as well. And like you say, making sure there's going to be no extra costs in terms of data and, and usage for digital, super yeah. important. Fantastic. Cool. I got one last question for you, if that's okay, which is what is your top tip for anyone going into learning and development with a large frontline? workforce so if you had to pick one piece of advice to pass down what would you go for yeah i was giving this a bit of thought and i've been at this a while and back in the day i think if you worked in lnd you just everyone thought you knew everything particularly in hotels if you'd come from the operation but i would say now it's being the curator of great content rather than the expert and it's where you get that great content from so being really close to the hotel operation constantly identifying subject matter experts you might not need yet but you'll go back to them when you're developing a piece of lms content or you know a video or something like that within lnd it's about 
quality and quality curation, I would say. And then everybody wins, whether it's frontline or more of a pipeline program or something like that. Cool. So be the curator, not the creator. How about that? Correct. That work? Yeah, that's spot on. That yeah, is spot cool. on. That's a fantastic bit of advice. And like you say, you've got such an awesome pool of people and they are operationally doing the things that you need to teach day in, day out. So they're the people to record and to use. And yeah, and technology these days makes it so easy to create a quick video on your phone and like say a bit of light editing and you have a really practical usable piece of learning that you can distribute quickly using the technology that you put in place yeah it really is just a little bit of top and tailing a bit of brand at the start so and and, and what the film's about and then really in the middle most of it they're so short that um, yeah you know it's a one take and the person that's done that and sent that in is really chuffed when you then share that with everybody you haven't even sent somebody with a you know, a phone to, fit, to film them or anything. They've done it all themselves or a colleague has held it while they've been doing something a little bit more creative. But the turnaround and just that top and tailing, you've got a great piece in the end. Yeah, actually, that's another point we've not touched on, which I absolutely love about, you know, that social kind of learning is the speed at which you can create new content versus the traditional model, which might have been, like you say, someone in learning development going to a hotel with somebody with a big camera and actually like, you know, (laughs) filming things being done versus if a new piece of technology gets put into the business or, you know, if we were talking about coffee machines earlier, a new brand of coffee machines or new style or whatever comes out, slightly different functionality. The time to getting a good piece of learning made available must be just a lot shorter now. We still use, you know, some you still do some traditional with the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the lights and the filters and everything. If it's going to be, you know, a video piece that is going to have a lot of longevity. Yeah. We, we have videos in our guest care and we did that. We spent a, a couple of days in a hotel. The team were the actors, if you like, and they worked through the scenarios. But that literally did take a couple of days. And all we had was the raw film where a manager could come to us and they really need to share a piece of learning that it's a change of a standard. They forgot that it's launching. They need to get it out there on the, on the LMS. And I would say within a day, somebody could be doing a piece of film. We'd be working with the subject matter experts to get the information that, that they're going to send to us, whether it's text or images, you know, or pictures. And then um, using our um, LMS, it has a great publishing tool. On The LMS we use is from Learning Pool. And I would say within a day, I was going to say 24 hours, but actually probably within a working day, we can have an LMS module with video interaction ready to go. So you could have it by the next day if you had to. Probably not advertising that we want that sort of pressure. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Know. You know, if you think about it, it could be weeks when you would have to, you know, have the time to put that together. But it's really efficient. I think, again, the key thing is putting it together and then putting it through a couple of people who are going to sort of safety check it and critique it. Because if you are going to be this curator, you've got a really heavy reputation to uphold in terms of being the best source of information. So getting everything in, checking the content, publishing it, and then checking that the LMS experience, the interaction is of good quality, but then to launch it. And, you know, it's great just to be able to send that link out through Beekeeper and everyone can access it and we can track who needs to access it or we can drop it into your required learning within the LMS so you know that you have to complete it. But speed, it, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, it's great that you can react in that way. And it gives you a good reputation within the operation as well rather than 
being a room of people sort of thinking about something and putting something together and taking a long time and being really sort of secretive and wise, it shows that you are fast-paced, just like the hotel operation is fast-paced. Yeah, that's a really good point. I imagine, you know, if you're in an operational role and there is a problem, a new standard, something that requires a piece of learning or a solution quickly, and you're waiting a long time for it, it you know, a couple of days in those kind of environments feels like a month, doesn't it? So yeah. Yeah. you, the quicker you can react, yeah, the more kudos and the better people yeah. will engage yeah. with you as a team, etc. And the risk is a good manager will have created something locally in that two or three day time lag. And then when you launch it, they're challenged then because they're going, well, I've created something just for my team. And now I have to switch to this thing that's come from the center of the business. And they might have a, you know, prefer what they've done, but the risk is that what they've done isn't consistent and across the business. So you've got a number of managers doing just something slightly different than what we wanted to send out from the center. So not keeping people waiting and almost sort of whether it's a teaser or sending out advanced information that sort of don't do that because it, it'll be ready tomorrow. It, it's, it's, it's coming out to you. Don't worry about that. So we often do sort of leads into particular projects or when something's going to come out just to try and stop people double working as well. Yeah. Brilliant. And that, yeah, again, that comes back to the very first point you made at the beginning of this conversation, which is communication and just being having a really effective way to communicate with everyone but then using that as well you can have a great platform to communicate but yeah giving people teaser or telling people information is coming just stops them creating their own version or trying to solve the problem then there's a kind of a century-led solution coming down the pipe fantastic brilliant ed thank you so much this has been a really good interview and super super interesting to hear what you've been working on and how learning and development is handled especially in relation to your operational staff so really appreciated your time brilliant thank you very much thank you great thanks for listening everybody we'll be back soon with another episode from the learning and development challenges series two This podcast is brought to you by AssembleU, the audio learning experts. Adam here, co-founder of AssembleU. We launched AssembleU in 2022 after finding we were doing a lot of our own personal development using podcasts and audiobooks. We loved audio as a format and wanted to combine the convenience of listening to something with outcome-driven learning that had a real impact. The result is a power skills library of more than 130 succinct audio lessons that do the heavy lifting for the listener. AssembleU lessons help coach listeners through critical topics like leadership, mental health, well-being, productivity, growth, sustainability, and communication. Each AssembleU audio lesson is around 10 minutes long and backed by research and real-life expertise. Every lesson includes a key point infographic, a further reading list, and testing. Listen to some free samples or find out more about how AssembleU can support your organization to build an internal podcast for learning by visiting assembleu.com.